Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 135 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I'm wondering how your relationship with food is going today. For many people I talk to, as they're moving along their food peace journey, they connect with a lot of shame especially when they experience behaviors like binging. I have a letter from someone who has a really tumultuous relationship with food that's looked differently over the years. There were times when there was more restriction. And now the thing that she feared most, binging, is a constant daily experience. I have a feeling you can relate. So many people I talked to had that exact same kind of um trajectory with the relationship with food. So I know you're not alone. I'm excited to share this letter. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have PCOS, otherwise known as polycystic ovarian syndrome, you may have tried a diet 
or maybe a thousand of them, and are still wondering when they're going to work. Well, here's the thing. Diets don't work for anyone, so they don't work for those of you affected by PCOS, but yet it's the only thing you're told to do to help promote health. I have a 12-step system that I help people go through to promote health and healing and also improve body image. I would love to share the details with you. You can get to it by going to PCOSandfoodpeace.com. If you're a dietitian and listening to the show because, you know, we all have a complicated relationship with food when we're dietitians, I know that you may be working with someone with PCOS and you also want to help them to not use diets. So if you would like to learn the system, go to PCOSandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians and I can share with you all the details. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating review, share an episode, or subscribe. The Apple Podcast algorithms are these funny, tricky, mysterious little things. We have no idea how they work, but we know doing those four things really helps the show grow, and it helps more people find the show. And as you know, I always say, everyone deserves to feel at home in their own skin. So I appreciate in advance sharing the show with anyone in any of these ways because I want more people to be able to feel empowered on their food peace journey. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and we get to hear from special guest, Nicole Cruz. Dear food, the high school version of me would have been the last person on this planet to ever believe that my relationship with you would end up causing me so much heartache and pain. I was fine until college. Backtracking to childhood, I always loved you. I was a foodie, never overthought and wasn't obsessed with the idea of what I would eat next. Food was wonderful, especially treats or junk food type items that I didn't get to eat often. I know there were times when my eyes were bigger than my stomach but maybe this is a thing that many young kids also experience. High school was normal. I was active playing a sport that I loved, busy with school and spending time with family and friends. Senior year, I found myself with more freedom than ever. A lot of it was spent watching TV or cooking and eating with friends. Then came college. After a particularly sad and confusing breakup with a boy and betrayal by a friend, my college friend group disintegrated. In retrospect, I think I may have retreated into TV and snacks, and there was no one to tell me to do differently. Then, during Thanksgiving break, I realized that I had been too free with you food, and my cute little body was quickly becoming something I was ashamed of and disgusted by. I had never had anything but a small body and lived in a family of small people. I decided I would pay more attention to what and how much I was eating. I figured this would help me get myself under control. And from the moment I became aware of your presence and your power in my life, things really never have been the same. Fast forward through five months of increasingly difficult and dreadful exercise regimens and an increasingly restricted intake of food, I left school early to move home and enter outpatient treatment. My junior year, I finally transferred to XYZ College. I was ecstatic but the restrictions started almost right away. This time though, my body was far more resistant to restriction and it was increasingly difficult to not give in and binge. I returned home after only three months and didn't return to school until the next summer. Now, my fourth year of college is almost over. 
That means I've been binging for a year now. It's hard to believe that I ever was able to restrict it all because binging is such an everyday part of my life now. Over these past years, I've had consistent therapy and I've also met with dietitians, but it seems like nothing is able to help me. In fact, the binging seems like it's getting worse and worse. In the past two months alone, I have gained X pounds. I think I've lost hope in ever being normal with food or body image. I feel so abnormal and wrong. In recovery, binging was always my biggest fear, and now it's my constant reality. I have all the tools and resources I should need to help myself and change, but I'm still doing this. How did we get this far? Love, secretly broken. Hey there, letter writer. Thanks so much for your note. And wow, you have been through a lot over the last four years. I hope you know you're not alone. So many people can relate to this experience and right now they're nodding their head. I have talked to so many people over the last 20 years who experienced an eating disorder that started with restriction, but then has been in this place of more binging for many, many years. You definitely are not alone. What I'm going to do now is give someone a call. She's going to help us out and give us some more insight. This person's name is Nicole Cruz, and she's an eating disorder dietitian. Let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Nicole. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hi, Julie. I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me about this letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? I did. Awesome. Well, what when you were reading the letter, what was your general impression about what this person is experiencing? Oh my gosh. Well, immediately, I just, I felt for her. I felt mm-hmm. so much for her. Um, it just seemed like she's having so much shame around everything and so much judgment and that she's just in such a place where she's feeling really stuck, you know, really, really stuck. And so, um, I just really feel for her and I felt so much compassion and I'm hoping she's able to, to find a little bit of that as well. Mm -hmm. Me too. And you know, the thing that struck me about this, and I don't know if people realize this when they're, especially when they're stuck in their food peace journey is that, this is a really common trajectory for many people, like the fear of binging. And then when a person feels they're eating, um, whether it's binging or not, but just feeling like it is, um, like that's just a really common process. And part of what I always think about is like, well, that's just our body trying to save us. You know, that's our body trying to heal. Of course, we're going to keep eating after we've been starving for a long time. And I don't know, for me, that's why I'm like, well, that's probably why it's such a normal part of recovery for so many people. I don't know if you had that reaction too. Oh, absolutely. I think that's like what we always hear too. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody's worst nightmare. Um, You know, they're restricting and it's this huge fear of binging. Yet when people show up, I always tell them like, we're so scared of it. Yet it's the most common reaction that we tend to have is to binge because our body is just crying out for food when we're restricting it either, you know, emotionally or physically. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So when you were reading through the letter, um, if you could almost imagine speaking to this letter writer in person uh, or anybody who's experienced the same kind of um, experience, what would be the first few steps that you'd recommend? 
Um, well, like I said, I just felt so much judgment around the food. And so, um, and around herself for gaining weight. That's what I really noticed that there's just so much shame around all of that. It felt like, um, and so, you know, really to start looking at that and start exploring what judgment she does have of herself for the way that she's eating and for the weight gain. And, you know, she had mentioned that, you know, she doesn't even, I think it was like, I don't even feel like I could restrict anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm here now. And so just that sense of like, just beating herself up for that. And so I think just really starting to look at that and say, you know, um, why am I judging myself for these things? And this is really common, you know, and to start kind of exploring that a little bit and see what are her beliefs about herself for shifting this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, not being able to restrict anymore. I just, I think she needs to take a look at that and see, and, and to try to find compassion for herself in that, to realize everything that she went through that got her to that place. I mean, she talked about going through a series of things and losing friends and a boyfriend. And it it just sounds like that's what she kind of needed was food for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just hope that she can kind of find that compassion. So um, Mm -hmm. that was kind of long winded, but really just exploring that judgment and trying to find compassion in it. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, something that she mentioned was that restriction, how like almost like a longing to go back to that, like, oh, like I was able to do such a great job restricting. And there's this pedestal that um, restriction has. And I think for me, when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that that seems like um, part of our stereotypes, our internalized kind of stereotypes that we have about fitness and dieting and how like, oh, that's so controlled and so great. And what this person's like experiencing is more uh, humanness, you know, and that that's actually not the truth. Like restriction isn't necessarily, it's not better. It's not like controlled. It's not like this like person that's doing everything so great. And um, like, like you were saying before, her body was just yearning to be fed. It was needing to be fed. And so what she was doing is like the best thing she can for her body. You know, it's like, it's healing. Um, so I totally agree. And I, I, I wish that was like, I I feel like that's part of how diet culture keeps people from recovery is like, keeps restriction on a pedestal, but it's just called diets. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Right. And I think that's where we're still kind of confused, even in this uh, eating disorder world and everything. It's like there still is this idea that being thin is better, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we still have that kind of separation. And I know I've heard things in treatment centers and stuff about, you know, anorexia being the more like um, desirable eating disorder, right? Mm-hmm. And so it still keeps us really separated and not, reali- not realizing though that it's all stemming from the same place. It just comes out in different behaviors at different times. But yeah. really it's all the same underlying stuff going on. Totally. You know, and um, Nicole, I wonder what you think about this because, you know, th- hearing about this person going through treatment, and of course I have no idea where this person went, but I have experiences with treatment centers where some um tell people to stay in a certain weight range. Like, okay, you need to stay at X, Y, Z. And it's a lower weight for this person, but it's maybe in some range that's considered acceptable. I don't know. Maybe it's like at a lower BMI or something like that. But yet Mm -hmm. their body doesn't really want to be there. But yet that person after discharge is like, well, I'm still hanging on to this lower number because that's what they told me I should be at. 
and no one really ever considered their body. And I think that can really mess with people over time, you know, keep them from recovery. And have you had any experiences with clients going through that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's very common and it's the treatment center. I mean, sometimes I think even they're thinking, well, if we, you know, give them this range, it won't scare them too much or they can stay here, but it really isn't what their body wants to be. Mm -hmm. And so long-term they end up either eating more, their weight just slowly gets back to where it wants to be. Yet they feel in some way that they failed or that they've done something wrong or that that isn't the right weight because the treatment center just kind of arbitrarily picked like, Mm -hmm. okay, this seems like a good range, you know, but really that isn't the good range for them. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think can really mess with someone's head. Totally. Yeah. So that's something I was thinking about since they had been through treatment and um, maybe hanging on to some of those numbers that aren't just not a good fit for this person's body. And for anyone listening, you know, who's been through treatment centers, they may have experienced the same thing. And I, I appreciate why treatment centers kind of do that. Maybe it's a compromise or just, um, yeah, not to scare, but, but yet like what but that has its own roots and its own fat phobia, you know, and how that keeps people from really recovering totally. So, right. Yeah. Such a hard thing. Well, I'm wondering if you have anything, Nicole, that you would like to add to our food peace syllabus. And if you're new to the love food podcast, the food peace syllabus is a list of books and podcasts and any resources under the sun that further help promote your food peace journey. And you can get the latest copy at juliedillonrd.com. So Nicole, do you have anything you would like to add to it? Yeah, well, one of the things I was thinking was that she had mentioned, um, this letter writer, you know, she has seen dietitians and therapists and, um, you know, her binging lately has just gotten worse and worse. And to me, that just felt like maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect. Like I have all of this knowledge, but there's a disconnect for me being able to really look at myself and see what's going on. And so one of the things that I was thinking was maybe the um, intuitive eating workbook would be really helpful for her to really get in touch with what her thoughts and beliefs are around food and herself um, regarding food. Awesome. We will put it on there for sure. And I heard that um, one of the co-authors, Elise Resch, I heard she's coming out with a workbook for teens very, very soon, which I'm so excited about. Have you heard about that too? I have. I think it just came out or it's like pre-order or something Mm -hmm. right now. I'm going on Amazon after we hang up. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I think that's going to be so great to just get my hands on. But um, I, intuitive eating is such a abstract, kind of ambiguous kind of process. And it's so tough to um, help people with a younger mind to be able to work through it. So I know this letter writer is probably at the tail end of adolescence. So um, maybe not for this person, but anyone younger who may be listening, who's wanting to um, make some steps, that's, a, that's an option too. So maybe I'll put that on the the syllabus too. We'll put a link to the pre-order. Um, but Nicole, I really appreciate your insight and your compassion for this person. And and besides the letter writer, I know there's so many other people who have gone through the same thing or in that place right now. So I really appreciate it. And if someone wants to know more about your work, where's a good place for them to find you? So my website is NicoleCruzRD.com. And you could find me on Instagram and Facebook also at NicoleCruzRD. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my discussion with Nicole provided you some different insight. We so hope that you can feel some more compassion as you're doing these next steps on your food peace journey. 
you definitely are not alone. There are so many people. Look around. There are so many people walking alongside you, experiencing the same very thing. I see food has written back, so I need to get going. But before then, this episode of a Love Food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. You can get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com as well as PCOSandFoodPeace.com slash dietitians. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rating, review, subscribe, or share an episode. All these acts of kindness help the show grow, and I am so grateful in advance. All right, I look forward to our next connection. Until then, take care. Dear Secretly Broken, what a journey we've been on with so much shame, so much heartache, and so much pain. We admire your bravery and strength on this journey. We see your shame and feel your fear with the amount of food your body craves. You feel you are too much. Please know you are not. You are worthy of this food, including when it's plentiful. We hope you notice the judgment and shame and remove them from your heavy burden. We food still want to nourish and replenish what you missed and hope you trust this part of your food peace journey. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.